Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, anybody. Hallelujah, everybody. Come on, just give him a wave offering. Come on, give him a praise. All right, amen, amen, amen. Deuteronomy chapter number 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord. How you should love him? Love the Lord thy God with what? All thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. I'm so glad there's some folks that came in here who I believe really love the Lord on tonight. How many really love the Lord? Amen, amen. You love him with all your soul. You love him with all of your might. You love him with all your heart, all of those things. Amen. Uh, I, I really feel like there's some folks, you show up to worship. You get here on time, you come to worship the Lord because you really love him with all your heart. Amen. Amen. There's those that you, you, might, they might, you might love God with your intellect, you know, and you study your Bible, but you don't worship. And there's a problem with that. Amen. Amen. And there's a problem, amen, when you, all you do is worship, but you won't give him your intellect. You won't give him your attention. You won't read your Bible. Amen. But if I can just get some folks together that really love the Lord, they'll worship him. They'll give him their minds. They'll give him their heart. They'll give him all their might. I believe that we're going to have a mighty church that God can use. Anybody believe that in here? Amen. 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 God is blessing this church. I'm so glad to go to Agape. Amen. And uh, I remember what attracted, attracted me to this church is that I felt like that uh, the things that were done here were done in truth. And I like that. You know, I love good music. Uh, most of you all know that. Um, but there's a difference when it's just music, and then there's, there's a difference when there's truth behind it. You know what I'm trying to say? I don't know if I articulated that well, but some of y'all caught what I was trying to say at least. You could tell, you know, some, some places you go, the music is right, but the spirit's not right. Amen. And I love it when we can get good music, but there's a sincere praise that's even uh, in, involved in that. And so I hope that we can always keep that. I hope this is always a church that is about people really showing sure up being saved. Amen. Amen. Not just, a, a, you know, caught up in the music or caught up in uh, the culture of church and things like that, but just a, a, a people that really for sure want to be saved. Amen. Because at the end of this, I don't know about you, but I really want to be saved. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, on tonight, um, before I get into the main thing that I'd like to talk about, um, let me make sure that I make a couple of announcements. I believe on this Sunday, I, I, I might, I'm pretty sure I want to be outside in the pavilion. So just stay tuned. I know it's supposed to be 100 degrees on Friday. <laughs> y'all know I went. Come on, y'all should know. I will not do that way. But then I looked on there, somebody looking, what's the temperature on Sunday? No, it's not. It's not. Is it 87? Somebody look. Let me look on my. What is it supposed to be? Let's, let's make it. Let's come to an agreement. All right. Let's have a little church meeting. 82. See, see, Alexa about to kill my spirit right now. And <laughs> 82. 87 really ain't too bad. But 82. You know, 82. We can. I think we can do that. How many think we can do that on? You know, and just dress comfortably, dress modestly, but we'll be outside. Um, more than likely on this uh, Sunday. And uh, those of you all who subscribe to the text message, um, you'll get that alert from Sister Hope. She sends out a text about it, or you can get on the Facebook page, and we, we'll, of course, we'll send out some information about that. Also, I wanted to make sure I didn't fail to announce on tomorrow at the Unveiled Church, um, that's Elder Acres Church, they're going to have a mental health presentation um, at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. 
And um, there is definitely a, a need for that. And we're not going into a lot of details of everything that just comes through my office. I can tell you, please hear me, there is a need for those type of things, you know, sincerely, you know, and, and that's a real thing. And so I know sometimes we want to make everything a spiritual thing, but you do understand that your brain is a part of your body. You know, a lot of times, I don't know why, you know, if somebody said that you had heart failure, you wouldn't just all of a sudden just spiritualize that. Um, but for summer, if you, somebody said you had an illness in your lungs, you know, we wouldn't just all of a sudden just over-spiritualize that. But for some reason, with some people, we just, we don't make the connection. You know, that your brain is actually an organ. Um, and, you know, I will say there are some other things that go on. God will keep you in perfect peace. I do believe uh, what the scripture says, you know, but there is another side to this thing. And I think that we ought to embrace that. Um, and we ought to just get informed, at least. And I believe that there is help in the kingdom of God. Um, just because we don't have a, cer a certain service that we offer here, um, I thank God for the kingdom of God that's being uh, bigger and larger than just this one church. And I am, uh, if, if there's somebody else that's doing something that's good, that can benefit the kingdom and benefit this body, hey, I'll send you over there in a heartbeat. And hopefully, um, just because I might not cover everything, in a sermon, um, I don't pretend to be an expert of all things. This is a body of Christ that we belong in. There's other people that the Lord would have specialized in certain fields. Um, and I thank God that we can glean from them. We can learn from them. And you all, uh, there might be somebody that you can learn something and have those tools. And the Lord might send you on a rescue mission. Amen. I'm serious. Not everything happens around the altar. You might talk to somebody on the phone and you might go over to their house and the Lord might make that your car an altar. And you might be able to talk somebody, um, talk some sense into somebody and rescue them. All right. For making bad choices and decisions. All right. So we're going to have that tomorrow. That's tomorrow at the Unveiled Church. And I believe the information is on the screen um, that's out in the uh, vestibule back there. All right. Um, are y'all married to this purple in here? Y'all love this purple so much. <laughs> Wait, no, but what if I, what if, what if we, you know, as we, you know, now y'all know change is coming. Y'all already know who the pastor is now. <laughs> y'all know change is coming. So y'all, y'all already know who y'all got now. Y'all stuck with me and you know some change is coming. But are y'all, y'all real married, y'all married to this purple. If I change some, the purple, would y'all just uh, change your membership? <laughs> I say, oh, it ain't purple no more. I can't go there no more. I'm just letting you know. I don't know. There's been some other stuff looking kind of nice, too. Uh, but anyway, maybe we need to form a committee or something. I think I need to form a committee, get some sisters. Uh, <laughs> I hear you, Brother Brandon, but I, I want some sisters on this one that can help guide and lead. Because eventually, I, I've seen some spots in the carpet and things. And, you know, we want to keep God's house looking nice. All right. So hopefully I can get a committee of sisters together that can kind of help us make some good choices on that. All right. Let me stop rambling. Let's get into the word of God on tonight. Uh, let's start off this way. Um, give me some uh, dy dynamic duos that the Lord has used in scriptures. Duos, meaning two people. The Lord sent them out by twos. Who can uh, start us off? All right, uh, Brother Larry. Yes, sir. A dynamic duo. All right, very good. They prayed and sang praises unto God. And um, uh, there was an earthquake. And then uh, the prison guards, and we know that story. This is what Acts chapter 16, somewhere around there. Amen. Wonderful story. Paul and Silas. Uh, Elder Mike Jones, yes, sir. Very good. Yep. Priscilla, Priscilla and Aquila. Um, they were uh, tent makers. Tent makers. Amen. Paul was a tent maker, and the Lord allowed them to speak to Apollos. You're quizzing me right now, right? Okay, good. I did pretty good. All right. Uh, anybody else have one? Some friendships. All right. Uh, how about this one? I'll give you one. 
um, right now. Let's go over here to, um, how about uh, Jonathan and David? Uh, anybody glad to have some good friends? All right, if you get a good friend, make sure you hold on to your good friends, all right? 1 Samuel chapter number 18 and verse number 1. Um, and it came to pass when he had made end of speaking unto Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. All right, the souls were knit together. Now, this is not no funny business, but the Lord has a way of just knitting people together. I think, you know, it's so horrible that the day and age we live in that everything just kind of has to be filtered um, through, uh, you know, the, the lens of homosexuality and things, but these are, are tight friends, and the Lord had knit their souls together, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul, and Saul took him that day and would let him go no more home to his father's house. He took care of him, didn't he? Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? One family, but he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him. You ever heard that? Somebody say, I'll give you the shirt. Have you ever met somebody like that? They'll give you the shirt off their back. There's some people you can, uh, real, some givers that are really shown sure enough really like that. Amen. Not just pretentious type of love, but I'm talking about somebody that really genuinely loves. All right. Go with me uh, to Proverbs 17 and 17. Proverbs 17 and 17. I feel like the Lord's going to. Um, lead tonight's Bible class. I've already seen the Lord leading me today as I was in prayer about what to talk to you all about tonight. Uh, I have really seen the hand of God move. So just yeah, um, hang on for a little while with me. All right. A friend loveth. What's that say? You all read. Uh-huh. Uh, give me the New Living Translation on this particular verse, if you don't mind. A friend is always... Huh? I can't hear nobody. Anybody glad to have some loyal friends, some loyal people in your life, some people that won't just tell all of your business, run their mouth. Anybody got a friend like that that you can confide in? Somebody that's proven themselves and, you know, endured the test of time, hasn't been fickle, you know. Some people, boy, they get a little upset. Next thing you know, the mouth just kind of opens up and all your business is out there, you know. You don't want that type of friend. Always loyal. And a brother is born uh, to help in time of need. Has anybody ever needed a good friend or a good companion, somebody to be with them? Good. It's good to have those things. All right, let's go over here to... First uh, John chapter number three and verse eighteen. All right, let's hear how love should be. Now I could go to First Corinthians thirteen, but I feel like that you all know that. All right, but knowing and doing is two different things. <laughs> y'all hear that? Knowing what to do and actually doing what you should do is a whole another thing. Well, now we know some of these things. Some of y'all might have that hanging up in your on your wall in your house somewhere. Amen. But is it hanging in your heart? Is it is it written on the tables of your heart or just hanging on the wall? All right, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but how should we love? All right, indeed and in truth. So don't let it just be lip service. All right. But we have to love in deed and in truth. Now, just sit there for a minute and think on that for a minute. Somebody talk about that. Let me just hear you just kind of talk back to me about that. What's that mean to you? Can somebody just bring that home for me? Sister Brianna. Yes, ma'am. All right, very good. It's not fake, not pretentious, not phony. There's another scripture about that, I think, in the book of Romans. 
Um, and that's all I got. It came back to me in Romans. Uh, <laughs> let me think. It's a scripture about that. Not being, not, it's not the word pretentious love, but it's, uh, help me out somebody if you think of. Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly what I want. Is it in Romans? Come on now. That is all right. Elder Mike said it is, so it is. All right, good. All right. Yeah. Let love be without dissimulation. All right, what's that word dissimulation? This is just off the cuff, off the top of my head. Holy Ghost, bring it back. What's that mean? Dissimulation. Anybody know? Now, all of y'all in here with your Bible apps, I don't know why y'all don't pull them out. Now, I've never said that you can't pull your phone out, but, you know, look that up for me for a second. Do some research. Some of y'all could find that faster than the sound room or the media room could. Dissimulation. What's that mean? I'm sorry? Hypocrisy. All right? Now, nobody wants that type of love. Now, maybe some of you all, you do. Have you ever heard? There's a, there's a uh, term today that's around uh, catfishing. <laughs> And, uh, and catfish, it don't mean what you think it is. How many people like catfish? Fried catfish, catfish nuggets, but you don't want to be catfish. Anyway, one of the young people, what's that mean when you get catfish? Explain to the older generation in here, because they're looking around thinking they're about to eat a, a, a mess of fish. Fry it up real good, put some hot sauce and mustard and some tartar sauce, and get a, a <laughs> piece of bread on the bottom of the plate with all that grease in it. Amen. You don't want to be catfish. What's that mean? Brother Jalen, what's it mean when you get catfished? Uh-huh. Yeah, and they prey on innocent people, weak people, um, lonely people, you know, and a lot of times you see this stuff, especially in the day and age that we live on um, online, you know, send you some picture, and that person on the other end of that screen don't really look like that picture. Amen. They get that picture from somewhere, and next thing you know, you hook, line, and sinker, and you're going off, and you feel like that you've developed some online relationship with somebody. But if only you could meet the real person behind that keyboard, you soon find out that's not somebody that you intended to be with. All right? So we, want, we don't want to love in dissimulation, but we might not go that far to that extent. Um, but we don't want that, hip, that the love in hypocrisy or the love... Um, that's just pretentious, or I'm just put, uh, putting on an act, it's not phony, but we want to have that genuine love. The name of our church is Agape, and we want that Agape love not just to be pretend, we want to really live up to the name of this church. Um, and we should be striving to do those type of things. It, that should just hang there every time you walk in this building and you walk underneath that sign. It should serve as a reminder. Now, I can't always say that we've always gotten an A+. Plus. I can't always say that I've gotten an A+, plus in that. But there's something that we try to live up to, agape love. This love that's not uh, self-seeking or self-serving, not always trying to get something back in return, not always asking what, it can, uh, what we can get out of it. But that love asks, what can I give to a person? What can I lend to a person? How can I help somebody? All right? So that true love, loyal love, those are all good things. All right. Now, all right, we already talked about uh, two brothers um, in the Bible. Now let's talk about some sisters. I, I spent a little time in Luke talking about the women. Uh, let's hear it for the women in ministry. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, and the Lord is using sisters. Amen. Um, let's talk about two sisters uh, not necessarily sisters, but two females in the Bible, um, a duo. Help me out, somebody. Let me see if you can get it. Now, there's only two, you know there's only two books of the Bible that are named after women. One would be Esther. All right, good. All right, Ruth. All right, so let's go ahead today and turn um, to the book of Ruth on today. The book of Ruth. Joshua, Judges, Ruth. All right. Okay, Joshua, Judges, 
then comes after Ruth. I'm almost there myself. All right, I'm going to try to let you all out a little bit early on tonight. I said I'm going to try. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll start at, um, all right, uh, chapter number one, and we'll start at verse number one. All right. Now, it came to pass in the days, let me just read this story to you for a minute. When the judges ruled, now that tells us something, Joshua, Judges, and Ruth, all right? Now, it came to pass in the days when the who ruled? The judges ruled. So this kind of gives this book uh, some context, all right? When the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, all right? Now, so... The book of Ruth is actually right in the, I would say, towards the beginning of the book of Judges. All right, that's the time period. All right, y'all hear me? So in the day, y'all heard that, right? I'm not just making this in the day. It came to pass in the days when the judges ruled. All right? So you can take this book um, and you can almost put it just right in the, in, the, in the beginning of the book of Judges. All right? Because that's the time period that we're around. Now, uh, somebody tell me a little bit about uh, that time period. Um, there was some stuff that was going on in that day and age that wasn't any good at all. Turn with me, Judges chapter number 17 and verse number 6. Let me just kind of set this up for you tonight. 17 and 6. And it kind of sounds to me like some of the things that are going on today, to be honest. All right, y'all read that. Read that for me, 17 and 6. No leader, mm-hmm. All right, there's a problem when there's no leadership around, and everybody is just doing whatever's right in their own eyes, however you feel, uh, whatever, you know, would just strike your fancy, whatever you make up your mind, and just to do that day, just follow your heart. <laughs> oh, but when the heart is uh, deceitful and desperately wicked, and the scripture says, who can know it? Should we really always just be following our heart? Because um, how many people here know that sometimes your heart can get you in some trouble? You better follow God because sometimes that's hard to take you and then just sit up there and just leave you hanging. And here you are just looking real silly, always just following your heart. Uh, Judges chapter number 21 and verse 25. All right. Go ahead and you all read for me. It says it again. Now, they, they start about midway through the book in chapter number 17. Now, at the end of the book of Judges, notice how they close out. Go ahead and read. 25. Mm-hmm. So there was no real moral leadership, political leadership, social and spiritual chaos was uh, going on in that particular day. A lot of chaos, everybody just doing things that the, the way that they wanted to do. And uh, sadly, the book of Judges just kind of covers about 400 years of history. That's a long time for people just to be doing whatever they wanted to do and everything right in their own eyes. All right. So but even in that dark day. There was somebody that still wanted to live for God. I can't hear nobody helping me in here. All right, quiet church. Even in this day, 2023, I still believe that even though there's a whole lot of folk out there that are just doing what they want to do, living how they want to live, doing whatever they feel is uh, good in their own eyes or just going wherever their heart would lead them, I still believe in this year that there is still somebody who wants to live for God. Now make some noise if you want to live for the Lord. 
Anybody really? For real? I just want to hear those. Really? You ain't just living according to the flesh or living according to the time or living according to the climate or living according to the culture of the day and the ideologies of this day. But there was somebody who still wanted to live for God. And so out of the book of Judges, there comes this book of Ruth around the same time because the Lord was still operating even in that wicked society, even in that wicked dark day, the Lord was still moving, all right? Now, these people, of course, were not perfect, um, but the Lord was still working. Thank God for that, and still giving his grace, and still leading and guiding people. All right, so back to chapter number one, verse number one of the book of Ruth. Now, it came to pass in those days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, all right? And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. Now, where were they at? And a certain man of where? All right, Bethlehem, Judah. Now, it's, it's interesting. Uh, we're just in verse number one right now, but there's a whole lot in there. All right, it's interesting that there's a famine, um, but that the word Bethlehem or the, the town of Bethlehem where Jesus was born, where David comes out of Bethlehem, all these noteworthy people, that actually means the house of meat or the house of bread. And how in the house of bread is there no bread? <laughs> famine in the land. Now, all right, we've got a problem here. Uh, now, somebody tell me this. A lot of times when there is a famine in the land, uh, it's often, well, I'm not going to say often, but there can be sometimes where God's just trying to get people's attention. And so he allows uh, this, what should have been a blessed people, to go through certain storms to get their attention. All right, let me uh, just make that point. Go to Ezekiel real quick. Ezekiel chapter number 14 and verse 13. Ezekiel 14 and 13. All right, it's up there. Go ahead and read. All right, so why does the Lord do this? Just to be punitive, but sometimes the Lord does things to get our attention, amen, to cause us to come running back to him, all right? And so there was this fam famine in the land, in the house of bread. Here is this famine, and these people are having to deal with this. And the name of the man was Elimelech, all right? And the name of his wife was what? Naomi. Naomi. All right, uh, let's stop right there. Let's figure out what these names mean. Now, we're just in verse number two. Well, I've been up here 10 minutes now. I just got to verse number two. I don't know if y'all going to get out early tonight. Y'all might be in trouble. I was trying. <laughs> Elimelech. Well, what's that mean? Elimelech. My God is king. Doesn't that sound like a strong name? Amen. All right. Naomi, pleasant or my delight. All right. So here we have my God is king. And we have Naomi, which means pleasant or my delight. They get married and they have children, all right? And let's see what the names of their children are, all right? And the name of his two sons are Milan and Shilion. Is that right how you say that, Shilion? I didn't listen to it before I came. Shilion or something like that, however you want to say it. All right, now these two names, actually that kind of sounds cute, Milan and Shilion. Somebody who's pregnant with twins. That's somebody got some names for. Oh, but be careful before you name the babies. Don't just, don't just throw anything on them. Y'all, ooh, Milan is Shalon. You know, you just ready to go. I mean, you just got the pick picked out boy and a girl. All right, all right, whatever it is. You know, but Milan is Shalon, what's that mean? Put that up there. What do these two names actually mean? Milan means weak, sick. 
And Shalon is tired. So here we go, just weak and tired. Sick and tired, uh, weak and dying. Those two names actually mean those things. So, oh, we want to be careful, all right? So um, what's the problem? Now, Naomi, you know, maybe when she was born, things were pleasant. When Elimelech was born, during that day and age, maybe there was just more meat in the house, there was bread in the house, but by the time these two children came around, there was a famine in the land. And so they named them accordingly, all right? Milan and Shalon, sick and tired. And Elimelech, Elimelech's Naomi's husband, verse number three, what happened? He died. Tragically, he died. And she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab, the name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other was Ruth, and they dwelled there for how long? All right, tw 10 years, where are they, where are they dwelling? Uh, in where? In where? Moab. In Moab. All right, let's, uh, I think I have a map somewhere. Let's see how close that is. So now there was, they come from Bethlehem, where it should have been uh, meat in the house or bread in the house. Uh, I wish I had a pointer or something. It's all right. And then they had it. Oh, okay, all right, I see you. All right, going down to Bethlehem, Judah. That's where they were. Uh, you in the Dead Sea? You drowning us? Get on over. All right, there we go. All right, so if we start there. Now you got to get to Moab, and if you know Moab, Moab is more southern. Now you ain't gonna get there that way unless you got a boat, and then you know, so you're gonna have to go all. That's pretty. That's a pretty long journey, and they went on down here uh, to Moab. All right. Now what do we know about Moab? Uh, Moab currently is, I believe, is Jordan. Um, on the other side of the, the Dead Sea, but back in those days, that's where the, the Moabites would live in those days. All right, anybody know about the Moabites? The Moabites were Gentiles. Uh, they were heathens, if you will, heathens. They would serve the god, uh, what was his name, Chamash or Shamash, Kamash or something like that. And one of the ways that they would worship him is through human sacrifice. So, I mean, these are real pagans, all right? But they have found their way. Isn't it funny how we run away from home and you kind of have a tendency to run right into the enemy's camp, all right? You run from Bethlehem because of the people's disobedience. Remember, we're living in the, the day of the judges. There was a lot of disobedience in those days. And so you try to escape the famine, but you run right over into trouble and you go over to the Moabites, all right? Now, who are the Moabites? Anybody know who the Moabites are? All right, all right, Zion Tabernacle, I hear you, all right, amen, all right, now let's go there, let's go back to uh, Genesis on today, let's find out who the uh, Moabites were, I mean, you're exactly right, Sister Donaldson, uh, Genesis chapter number 19, let's go there, boy, we just made it through three verses, I better hurry up, come on here, Genesis chapter number 19, anybody like studying their word, real talk, y'all really like studying the word, okay, amen. Uh, now let's go over here maybe to, um, now, you know the story a lot. Uh, you know, he's over in Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, these twin cities, because of sexual iniquity, the Lord is destroying these people. We know the story about how, you know, the, the, the great story about how, uh, uh, can, can we just spare the city just for, for 50? Then we get down all the way to the number 10 and weren't even 10 righteous were there. Uh, maybe let's go back down to maybe verse number 19, chapter 19 and verse number uh, 15. And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men, now you just waiting around, lingering, 
All right, he gives you the warning, but don't linger. The men laid hold upon his hand and upon the hand of his wife and upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto them. Y'all hear that? Thank God for mercy. While you over there lingering, you already had the warning. Thank God for his mercy that he took them by the hand. Anybody glad that the Lord took you by the hand and led you out of some places? You over there just sitting around looking, you know, you done heard the warning, but thank God for his mercy. And they brought him forth and set him without the city. And it came to pass when they had brought them forth abroad that he said, escape for thy life. Look not behind thee. Y'all hear that? Don't look, start looking back. Y'all hear that, saints? Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in, in all the plain. Escape to the mountain. Escape where? To the mountain, lest thou be consumed. All right? Now, we already know that Lot and the daughters got out of there, but Sister Lot, um, she started looking back. And what happened to her? She turns into a what? Pillar of salt. And so now you got Lot and his two daughters up in the mountains, and they think that everybody's dead. And they kind of must have got a little lonely up there. And uh, back in those days, if you weren't married, um, that was a, a difficult life for a lot of women because as we talked about on Sunday, please remember that women back in those days were uh, very subservient, second-class citizens, and they really depended upon men. And so the two daughters got their heads together and they said, you know what we're going to do? Let's get daddy drunk and uh, we're going to have some babies. And so they, this is Bible, all right? I'm trying to keep it PG for y'all or at least that. Uh, um, but this is what happened. They got them drunk. And they end up laying with the father, and the first one got pregnant, all right? Then they must have got him drunk a second night, and, and uh, next thing you know, we have this ancestral relationship with these children come out. Now, where am I going with this? Just, just stick with me for a minute. All right, verse number 30, same chapter, Genesis 19, verse 30. And Lot went up out of Zor and dwelt in the mountain, and his two daughters with him, for he feared to dwell in Zor, Zor and he dwelt in a cave, he and his two daughters. And the firstborn said unto the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man in the earth. Now look at this. Now sometimes, isn't it funny how we just all sort of start making stuff up? Just because the Lord destroys Sodom and Gomorrah doesn't mean he done killed all the men on the face of the earth. All right, just give it a little time. And, and, and that's a whole Bible class in itself. Don't allow the enemy to all of a sudden sell you some lie. And next thing you know, you think ain't no good men on the face of the earth, so let me go out here and just do something stupid. Boy, I... You're going to be trying to sell you a lie. And next thing you know, you end up with some loser of a person doing some thing that you never thought that you'd do. Be careful. Amen. Be careful. Be careful. Amen. All right. Um, all right. Let's keep on going here. All right. Uh, almost went, took, a little, took that a little too far. All right. Verse number 36. Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father. And the firstborn bare a son and called his name Moab. Oh, now, hold on. So Moab. Now, what was Ruth? Ruth was a Moabitess. And so this woman has come from this ancestral, is that the right word to say, genealogy, um, has a messed up heritage, got baggage that she's born into. My God. But look at the Lord. How the Lord can use. Now, check this out. Now, it even gets a little bit deeper than this. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter number 23 on tonight. Oh, I'm doing good. I can, I can feel my help now. All right, Deuteronomy 23. Kick in, Holy Ghost. 
23. Uh, verse number three. An Ammonite or Moabite shall what? Uh, look at this. Now, these people were, in other words, in that society, uh, this, these people were branded. Don't even come into my house. Check this out. All right. Shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord, even to their 10th generation, shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord. What does that say? So this, they were branded. So Ruth, you know, and, uh, and, and Orpah, they were kind of branded amongst the Jews. Now, if you were really a Jewish person, you shouldn't really be intermingling with these type of people at all. All right. Now, let's go back here to the book of Ruth. Come on back with me. Joshua, Judges, and Ruth. Help me find it. All right, and where are we at? Like verse number three? Or at verse four, somebody be a book bar for me. All right, one and four. All right, and they took them wives of the women of Moab, and the name of the one was Orpah, all right, and the name of the other was Ruth, and they dwelled there about how many years? Ten years, and Milan and Shalon died. Also both of them, and the woman was left of her two sons, and her husband. All right? Now we made it to verse number six. Good job. All right, verse six, go ahead. You read. Now you all hear that? Now she's, they ran away to escape um, God's house or the house of bread. Uh, they ran away. Uh, Bethlehem is under judgment. There's a famine, and that goes to show you right there. You know, don't run from God's house, all right? Sometimes it might be things that are going on, and then here you run out into the world or run out in Moab, and then you get yourself in even more trouble, all right? And then all of a sudden, while you're over there in Moab, you hear how the Lord is blessing his people. So they hear this, how the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Verse number seven, wherefore? And they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. All right, verse 8. All right, the Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return unto thee, unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there any more sons in the womb that may be your husband? What are you going to do? I'm older. and ain't, ain't nothing left in me. And if it was something left in me, what are you going to do? Just waiting for him to grow up and marry him too? And by then, it won't be nothing left in you. So you need to go on back to Moab and find you somebody else because as for me, it's over for me. This is what she's saying. This, has anybody ever felt like that before? It's over for me. Am I talking to anybody in here today, real people? Have you ever felt like that? Oh, it's over for me. This is a wrap. Save yourself because for me, there's nothing left in me. The Lord can't do nothing with this mess that I'm in. All right? Trying to help somebody on tonight. All right? Um, turn again. Where are we at? Verse 12. My daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would you tarry for them till they were grown? Would you stay for them for having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me 
much for your sakes, that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. All right, if there's any Naomi's in the room, I'm just here to tell you tonight that there's some hope for you still. Long pause for a reason. Long pause for a reason. Seriously. This, if there's a Naomi in here, if there's somebody in here who feels like you're in a hopeless situation, if you feel like it's over for you, there is still hope for you. Another long pause. Intentional. Long pause. St stop and think about it. Before you go and you feel like it's over for me, all hope is gone. I'm at a total loss. There's no way the Lord can rebuild from this disastrous situation or from this tragedy. I've got good news for you. There is hope for you. All right. Let's keep on going. All right. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Orpah kissed her. Now, check this out. Verse number 14. Check this out. Now, look at this detail. Orpah did what? Kissed her mother-in-law and then went on out there and started a whole talk show and made a whole lot of money. But Ruth did what? Now, y'all do know that Oprah, I heard it was, this is where she got that name from. They just messed it up. I, that's what I heard. I don't know if that's the truth or not. All right. But notice one of them does what? Orpah, she kissed her mother. But Ruth did what? Clave unto her. Now, talking about friends. We got some friends. Yeah, they'll kiss you. <laughs> oh, they'll be there for you. They'll give you a little hug, a little pat on the back. But will they really cleave with you? Will they really stick with you when the going gets tough? Will they really be there for you? Will they really have that loyalty? Anybody glad to have a loyal friend? All right, we in the book tonight. All right, thank God for some loyalty. All right, verse number 15, and she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. Gone back with Orpah. Orpah over there about to... Uh, do well for herself. Don't be following my old self. It's over for me. It's, it's a wrap for me. And Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. Now, y'all read. Come on. Uh-uh. Read it good now. Read it good. Don't mess this up. Come on. Read. Come on. Whither thou goest, I will go. Look at this loyalty. Not just giving you a kiss, amen, but this is real loyalty. I will go. All right? And where thou... Y'all hear this? Thy people shall be. Now, now, Moab, or Ruth hadn't even met all of uh, Naomi's family. She don't know if she got, you know, a drunk uncles and cousins and, a, you know. <laughs> yeah, she don't know nothing about, you know, she's never, she's a Moabitess. She's never even been over there on the other side of the Dead Sea. You know, she don't know anything about this, but she saw something in Naomi that she liked. You know, and she was willing to cleave to her without even, you know, knowing a lot about her. My people are going to be your people. My God will be your my your God will be my God. Wherever you go, I'm going to go. That's the type of person that you want to be along with. Amen. Somebody that's the first, that's the type of person that you ought to try to be. Somebody I'm trying to help you. All right. Now, if you want friends, this was my mother-in-law's uh, verse. Speaking of mother-in-laws, Naomi was Ruth's mother-in-law. Speaking of my mother-in-law, Sister Sally, one of her favorite verses. What? Uh, if you want friends, you got to do what? Y'all been around long enough to remember that? Anybody remember her saying that? Amen. Many hands makes work light. 
<laughs> she say that, and many, uh, if you want friends, you got to show yourself friendly. All right, let's keep on going down here. I got to hurry up and get out of here. All right, we're doing good. Where are we at? Verse number uh, 16, 17. Where thou diest, I will die. Look at that loyalty. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if all but death part thee in me. And when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. In other words, Naomi, you know, she didn't get mad. She just left it alone. She said, this girl's determined to follow me. All right, you know, be a fool. Come with me. You know, I'm, I don't have nothing to offer. This is a, a beautiful picture of agape love. You know, Naomi didn't have a husband. She didn't have a, a, a she didn't have nothing to offer at all. All right. But yet this person wasn't just so looking at what they can get out of the situation. This she probably, you know, uh, if she really thought about it and did what was the more rational thing to do, it looked more favorable for her to go back to where? To Moab. You know, she's a young woman. Uh, you know, it was more promising for her to go and follow Orpah back there. Orpah went on back here and she's, you know, who knows? You know, she might have found somebody. You know, and sometimes we always looking at this, but being loyal, doing the right thing, doing the God thing, it always has greater rewards. Amen, somebody? Anybody still believe that? All right, verse 18, and when she saw that she was steadfastly minded, all right, we already read that, verse number 19, and so they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them, and they said, is this Naomi? Naomi coming in here, walking in here, is that Naomi? I ain't seen Naomi in a, it's been a good long time. She's it's been a decade. How long were they gone, y'all? Anybody remember? Ten years since I seen Naomi. Where her husband at? Oh, Lord, her husband is gone. Her, boy, her children are gone. And she said unto them, call me not Naomi. And now what does Naomi mean again? Let me see if y'all are listening. Pleasant. Don't call me pleasant. Call me Mara. What's Mara mean? Bitter. All right? For the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. Isn't it funny how, you know, all of a sudden our theology kind of gets off like that sometimes where we feel like that everything that happens is bad is always the Lord's fault and we want to blame the Lord um, for everything. And it's just like all of a sudden we just let the enemy off the hook. Here the devil just running around doing all kind of crazy stuff. You know, he's a thief coming to steal, kill, and destroy. But the moment a tragedy strikes or something bad happens in our life and all of a sudden we begin to blame God. All right. We don't want to have that type of theology. Always remember when we live in this fallen world, um, this is an imperfect world because of sin that's entered. It's not God's fault. Sin has entered into this world and thrown everything off of balance. And so be very, very careful that you don't just blame God for every little thing that goes on in your life. All right, somebody. Uh, and then don't let the you don't want to become this jaded type of person. All right. Shouldn't be no saints of God who become. Y'all know what that means when you just become so jaded and cynical um, and then you always are questioning the motives of everybody. And, you know, nobody can even do something nice for you because you've been so hurt, you know, and it's just now every, you just filter everything through that lens of hurt and pain. All right. And now you just want to change your whole uh, your whole demeanor. Your whole countenance is fallen. And now my whole name, you get a whole change of name. Don't call me Naomi anymore. Don't call me Pleasant. Now I'm just walking around bitter. Now, be careful. I'm talking to some Naomi's in the room on today. Be very careful that you don't become a bitter person. Mm. 
I'm trying to rescue somebody on tonight because you just don't understand. There is still hope for you. My God, I wish, you know, if I could just turn uh, a couple of pages over for now, if I can just jump into a, a time machine and just turn on around and go back into them days and age, you know, when Naomi lived and was able just to tell her, do you realize that years later we're going to be talking about you in Bible class and the Lord is going to build you back up from this one woman, this one Moabitess who came from this heathen population of people, the Lord is going to use her to build you back up. Some of y'all, you don't even see what's up ahead. You don't see how there's going to be glory after this. You don't see how God's going to bless you after the tragedy. You don't see how God's going to bring a promise out of the pain. You don't see how God's going to send a blessing through what you're going through. Let me hear the church just give God some praise on tonight. Wake up in here. Come on here. Naomi, still some hope for you. All's not lost. It's not over. God's got some more blessings. God's got some more prosperous years for you. Anybody ever felt like that before? Like you didn't have any hope? Anybody ever been in a hopeless situation before? Uh, I was just telling somebody today, you know, I, oh, hot time. You know, I want to praise and thank God. Let me just have a little testimony service by myself on today. I've been pastor. I ain't been able to testify things for a little while now. You know, I'm, one of these days, I'm just going to stand up. I, I, I will, too. I will. It's because I'm pastor. I mean, I don't got a testimony. You know, but I thank God. You've heard it before, and some of my testimonies are reruns, but I thank God I'm the pastor now, and, I'm, you know, I'm going to have them stories. Y'all going to hear it probably 25 times, 30 times, and y'all be able to tell my stories, you know. You know, remember Bishop, Project Heat, Wick, Safe. <laughs> Now it's my turn. It's my turn now. You know, but, but <laughs> seriously, you know, you don't, you don't know, you know, uh, how things can get birthed out of tragedy. You know, oh, shy. I remember, you know, oh, when my, uh, my older brother passed away. Oh, it was such a tragic thing. I mean, it was, oh, hurt my heart. Oh, hurt my heart, hurt my heart, hurt my heart. And, uh, you know, it, it was just, I didn't even, to be honest with you all, I didn't even want to have a funeral. I told my parents, I just, I didn't want to do that. My, my dad and mom wanted to do that. And I just, I really just wanted to just get it over with. I didn't want to see him in that state at, at, at all. I, you know, it, grief is hard. Ooh, it's hard. And death is just so rude. Uh, it had just come at any time. And it don't announce itself. It just snapped somebody right up out of here. And it was just such a hard thing for me to deal with. You know, it's one thing when you know somebody's leaving this earth, but it's a whole other thing to uh, process when somebody just is quickly snatched out and snatched away from you. And so when that happened to me, I mean, I just, I just wanted it to be over with and just to get it behind me. Um, but we went ahead and had the funeral. And at that funeral, for me to end up meeting this couple, um, and you know how long me and Micah, y'all just had us up here like guinea pigs. We was trying to have kids, you know, and all this stuff, and y'all praying for us, and Bishop, uh, what was his name, was up here all the time praying for us. Oh, baby, he's coming, you know, <laughs> prophesying over us and laying hands, you know. We're going to the doctors, you know, we're doing everything. We had, me and Mike was enjoying each other and leaving G-rated and things, but the babies just wasn't coming. We all adults in here. Amen. All right. So, you know, uh, at the same time, you know, we, we, the, the church is praying. The doctor is doctoring. Church is churching. And, and, you know, it ain't nothing happening, you know. And then all of a sudden, right after that, then here, here comes tragedy strikes. You know, it just goes. Ever, anybody ever been through that other than me? Go from bad to worse. You know, where you already got stuff that you're going through. And it just seemed like, whew, you know, man, my, my family was already small. 
You know, Micah, she got married to me. She said, boy, your whole family either old or dead. I thought I was going to marry this and have some cousins and stuff. You know, and I do have cousins. <laughs> but <laughs> what she said. You know, I'm like, man, we already small. And then for somebody else to get snatched out of here, I mean, it was just a difficult thing. But at that funeral, here and I end up meeting this couple um, that I hadn't seen in years, a good long time. And, um, and they, you know, I remember them telling, I want to take you out for breakfast and take you out for, you know, you and your wife, and let's just sit down and talk. And uh, I had noticed how they had adopted these kids, uh, probably about uh, five different kids they had adopted. And I was like, Lord have mercy. Now I'm telling you, I was not on that train at all. But the way that that couple um, talked and how infectious they were and how they inspired us. And out of that funeral, out of that pain, how the Lord would raise up, how the Lord would put, plant that seed down in our hearts. You know, and all of a sudden now, and now y'all see what came out of that. Now I got two, you know, two. Uh, what I'm trying to tell you is you don't know how the blessing's going to come. You think that all hope is gone. You think all is lost. You don't see how God can raise up Samuel James out of this, this, uh, this tragedy. But you don't know how God is going to bless you. It's not over for you. You know, all is not lost. God's got a way of building you back up again. Somebody give God some praise along with me. Oh, boy, I mean, I could tell you some stories, you know. You know, I, I, you know, I can tell you stories about how God would be a lily in a valley. You know, some of y'all, you're so used to him being on the mountaintop, but I'm just got, there's a couple of you all who've been down in the valley before. And you found out why you're in this valley. Ooh, he's still just, he's still God. Anybody else ever found that, found that out? He's not just Lord on the mountain, but even in my valley, he's still God. Come on, let me hear the church. Come on, church. Be the church. Woo. Ah, oh, God. You know, I remember, you know, uh, I told y'all this, you know, my mama called me up. She said, you know, go, go to the bank. I didn't want to go to the bank and check on, see if, you know, see what's what, and see, you know, we had to close, you know, when, when somebody passes away, it's not over after you bury that person. It's still, oh, it's a lot that still has to go on, and so I just had that behind me, and then she called me up, and so I was just, I went to the bank, and uh, boy, for me to go to that bank, and I'm thinking, you know, my brother didn't have a lot of money at all, for me to find out that he had a significant amount of money. Now, you do know that it, some of y'all just think that adoption is just, oh, you just go pick out the little kid and be like, oh, I want that one. <laughs> no, that costs some money, a lot of money, and money that I didn't have, you know? But when I went to that bank account and I saw that, I, I, I saw the Lord making a way out of that tragedy. I'm just, I'm just giving God the glory. Just let me testify for me giving glory. You know, I remember, you know, also, you know, in that tragedy, me coming to the um, graveyard and I was um, trying to help mom and daddy out with everything. And um, I was going to bury uh, my brother over at, uh, what's that one on, uh, graveyard over there on uh, uh, Sutherland. Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly what Sutherland. And I was, I was, well, you know, to me, I was like, well, he ain't gonna know he in Sutherland. He ain't gonna know if he in Crown Hill or no. He ain't like he gonna be complaining, you know. So I thought to myself, but all of a sudden, I remember, you know, walking around with Micah, and that thing bothered me so. I was like, it bothered me so. I'm like, I'm not putting my brother in no Sutherland. No, we not. I just, boy, I don't know. If we, I just got arrogant. No, we. Could, I want the best for my family. We gonna have, you know. And so uh, I went out and I and I went over to right down the street to Washington Cemetery, and for me to go there and um, find out that my father back in the 1970s had actually purchased a plot there that we knew nothing about, you know, and find this. I'm just talking about God being with you 
even in tragedy, God is still with you, leading you and guiding you. Some of you all in here, I, I wish I could promise that you were always going to be on the mountain. Um, Sister Angie, you can cut the tape in just a, just a second here. I wish I could tell you that you're never going to have tragedy.